It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, May 4th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that really thinks the Flyers are going to need the force in order to get some good luck at the draft lottery. Interesting. Which side of the force? That's what I'm wondering. Mm, That is a good question. We are going to talk draft lottery scenarios. We're going to profile draft prospect Andrew Strathman. And we're going to have some fun and name our Flyers as Star Wars characters all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello there. Thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. You can subscribe or follow us for free on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Russ, thinking about this uh, May the 4th, uh, I, I was thinking about John Tortorella and uh, do or do not, there is no try. <laughs> might be his quote. That's too, um, not too cerebral, but that's too like Zen for him. <laughs> well, uh, as far as the NHL draft lottery, uh, the NHL moved it an hour later to 8 p.m. on Monday night. They yeah, what the hell, I mean. They want to torture us. I don't know. Maybe they've got games to broadcast and want to work around it or something silly like that. But uh, we will, of course, be watching to see where the Flyers wind up in the NHL draft. In the U.S., it's on ESPN. Uh, It'll be on Sportsnet in Canada, plus TVA Sports as well. So uh, we'll be crossing our fingers and, and doing all of that along with you on Monday. Uh, We have talked about the lottery scenarios on the show before, as our everydayers will know, but we haven't talked about it actually since the the season ended. This was maybe about a month ago near the end of the season. And so uh, the Flyers, of course, are sitting in the seven spot right now. That's a 6.5% chance to win the first overall pick and the coveted Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Um, But the percentages are a little bit deceiving. And so if you look at the overall percentages, 76% of the chances are above them. 17.5% of the chances for that first overall pick are below them in the list. So that does add up to a pretty high possibility that the Flyers will move down. Yeah, it does. The thing that gets, and this is where I hate math, uh, why is it point two for third? Why? Oh, I will get into that for that's sure. Nuts. I have done. I have done okay, the research that's nuts here. To me. It so really is. It is, and I love it. And I would love this scenario to to happen just because of how unlikely <laughs> it is. I think it would be fun. But uh, yeah, so if you look at you know where the flyers might end up in, so they're right sitting at seventh. That's the highest right. percent. chance the Flyers stick with the seventh pick, but not very far behind is 36.5% chance that they'll end up with the eighth. Eighth is something that's come up a bunch when I've done the uh, tester. 
the tankathon. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, I think, a very likely scenario. So I have to like prepare myself mentally for this. Um, and then the Flyers have a 6.7% chance to get the second overall pick, which is only 0.2% higher than their chances to get the first overall pick. So it doesn't really increase by much to get that second overall pick. So you just kind of got to think about it in the same way for the first overall and second overall, even though there's a huge difference in what player you would end up with. No, I agree. And either way you're getting what's the equivalent of a first round pick with either one of these guys. But I just think it's remote. I do. I, I think you're better off as a fan not to get your hopes up. And then if it happens then you get blown away, that's fine. But I just think don't get your hopes up. Yeah, that is how I'm trying to approach all of this. Um, The thing that I don't want to happen, and there's a 5.6% chance of the Flyers having the ninth overall pick, and that would mean two teams below them in the list move up into the first and second overall positions. And this is is the worst case scenario. Do not watch this. This is the one where if it happens fans will come out of the woodwork and destroy the Flyers for winning too many games. And that's going to be a point where I I can't defend the Flyers. But it's only if that happens. But that is, you know, that's what fans were sort of getting at when they were like, you know, you waited on bringing up these young kids. You won a bunch of games. Okay, but we weren't going anywhere. So in the end, what did it do for the team? So, yeah, you're right. This is the doomsday scenario. Yeah, and it's not like there won't be a good player available at nine. It just won't be quite as good a player, and the options will be fewer, right, in terms of that top tier. I think Flyers fans want fewer options because I think they don't want to have to turmoil whether their team's going to pass on Mitchkov. I think think Flyers fans are worried about who they're going to pass on this year as much as who they're picking because Mm -hmm. they've seen some of that too. Yeah, I think that's entirely possible, and – it's rough because I think, you know, the Flyers draft history has been mixed. It's not been all bad. No. Let's, you know, be honest about that. It's it's, it's just mixed. been mixed. And there's been some unfortunate luck. Like Nolan Patrick yeah. was just unfortunate luck. And, you know, you can say, oh, Kale McCarr was there. It like this it was scripted from months and months ahead of time who it was going to be Heesher yeah. or Nolan Patrick. And like if anybody tells you otherwise they're yeah. they're lying to you in my yeah, opinion i knew people on the inside that were telling me about how the devils made their decision and and so i knew i knew how they made it why they made it and i knew where patrick was going and yeah exactly so uh russ you want to talk about this mysterious 0.2 percent chance the flyers will get the third overall pick so this is that rare scenario here because ottawa who is in the 12 spot currently has a top five protected pick. So if they are between six and 12, Arizona will be gifted Ottawa's pick. However, if they move up into that top five, they get to keep their pick and that trade gets moved to the following year. So the only way this happens is if Ottawa gets pulled as the number one overall pick. So that means they get to keep their pick and they move up. But since they're in the 12 spot, you can only move up 10 spots in the draft, if we recall uh, from the rules. And so in that scenario, 
Ottawa wins the first overall pick. They can't have it. They get moved to the two spot and Anaheim gets the top pick by default and it, the Flyers get drawn for the second overall pick and they get moved down to the three spot because Ottawa has to move down from one to two. So it would go Anaheim, Ottawa, Flyers. This isn't like a killer for the Flyers, but it's a killer like for Ottawa fans. They would freak out. Yeah. To, to get drawn for the first overall and have to move down to two because of the pesky rules. Yeah, that would be tough. I, the Flyers would still do okay, uh, but then they would still have to pass on Mitchkov and, and take either Carlson or Fantilli based on how it goes, probably Carlson. Um, so that would be the thing uh, that still would probably irk Flyers, some Flyers fans. Yeah, it's just such a random and unlikely scenario that, Again, just for the drama of Ottawa fans knowing that they could have had first overall, but oh, they were yeah. one one spot too low to to move up into the you know first overall position, and then I think you know, Chris and, is their only first overall pick ever for Ottawa, if I remember right. Yeah, but I think the other interesting part of that scenario is Anaheim doesn't win the lottery for first overall, doesn't win the lottery for second overall, and yet still walks away with the first overall right. Right. by virtue of having the worst record in the NHL. So that's what, this is the chaos pick for me. Yeah. But it doesn't turn out bad for the Flyers. No, having the third overall pick would be great, but I think it is the option that's the best for the Flyers with the most chaos. This could this scenario could happen for other teams as well who are in a similar spot as the Flyers, um, you know, with Ottawa. But if it happened with the Flyers, I think, you know, just the chaos would be tremendous. It would. All right. So, you know, once the lottery is settled and we have our draft order, of course, we're going to be digging more into potential prospects. And we've been doing that over the last couple of months. And today is no different as we would normally do on Thursdays. We are going to profile draft prospect Andrew Strathman coming up next. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories? then you got to try a built Bar. I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year, but I don't want to compromise on taste. And if you're like me, built is just the thing for you. With built, healthy is actually tasty. What makes built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. On the healthy side, they're only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at the local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. All right. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and ask us mailbag questions. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. So Russ, you wanted to talk about Andrew Strathman today. I and, and I think he's a real interesting prospect. Now, I think he's somebody that the Flyers would have to make a trade to get into the range of, but 
Uh, Andrew is a left-handed defenseman. Um, he's 5'11", 175. So like not huge, but not tiny either. No. Uh, but he is, he is an offensive defenseman who really is a, is a puck mover and can run the power play. And that's something that, you know, the Flyers could use another one of that, you know, we don't really know what Cam York is going to be like. And so uh, Andrew Strathman is an interesting option here. Yeah, he's a guy now possibly could drop out of the second. I don't think so. But that's where the Flyers could keep an eye on it. And like you said, try and maybe trade into the second if they feel like he's a guy that aligns with the John Tortorella system, which I think he does. He's feisty. He will fight. So not only does he score, he does that. So sometimes people like to say he's a little D'Angelo-like, but um, I think there's some truth to that. But he's really, um, he puts up points. He is, a like you said, a very good puck mover. I've seen him. He's a good skater. He definitely knows how to run the power play. He's a guy that can make things happen out there. He um, He's really, I think, a developing guy because he's always he's always had the the side where he's going to, you know, get into tussles. That part always existed. But now his, you know, offensive production starting to come up. And he's going to North Dakota, which is really a great place for defensemen to go. So yes. I'm sure they will teach him all the right things there and sort of get him not to take as many penalties and really harness the offense a little more. And so, yeah, if you could get that guy uh, somewhere in the bottom of the second or early third, could be a really good pickup because again you're still talking about a guy that's going to go to two years of college a year or two in the ahl and at that point you don't know who will be on the fire flyers power play but they you know but it could be him and that's the thing that's where there's some value uh to be found in this draft for guys like this but you have to go let them develop and you got to be patient so i was curious because he has a limited amount of usa hockey experience uh he played in the Helenka Gretzky Cup but he wasn't on the world's team uh for the the U18s and so like is is he that borderline guy and why is he a borderline guy for for the national team he's not a borderline talent wise i think not every coach loves his his approach to the game and that's where i think you you will hear some D'Angelo murmurs and so i think it's that but it's not really a talent thing. So the talent is there. The fact that it has been improving is there. But yeah, is he on that inner circle where he's going to get picked every time? No, he is not. But again, they don't always pick all the right guys either. I point to Quentin Musty, who wasn't there either. Yeah, I think it, it is interesting because he is pretty prolific offensively mm -hmm. for a, a defenseman. And you look at um, his USHL career uh the prior season he was with tri-city and he had 23 points in 61 games and then this past year for youngstown he jumped up to 38 points in fewer games in 56 okay. games so that that is a a pretty big jump and and some significant improvement do you think his defensive play improved as much as his offensive play yeah from from what i remember seeing him uh earlier in the year it's pretty good uh i think his skating and feistiness gives him uh, a decent defensive ability more than being a defensive liability so, you know, he, the fact that he could, you know, push some guys off the puck 
does help. So that's the thing. He, you know, he might be 5'11", but he's already around 175. He'll probably play around 180. And that's good. So you could, you know, you could have that little bit of extra uh, on the push end and that and that helps. So, yeah, I don't think his defense is a big deal here. But it's not like he's a uh, a terrific defensive player. No, you're getting him for his offense and for his toughness. Right. Just the, it's the feistiness. Is he somebody that could play on the PK as well, or would you steer him away from that? No, he could play on the PK. Uh, I believe he has done that at the uh, USHL level. And, and again, for the reasons that he is an offensive threat, for sure, uh, he does have a good shot, so he will put in a certain amount of goals a year. It's not like a prolific shot, but it's good. But I just, you know, you'll notice him. He'll have these moments in games where he'll look really good and be really effective. And so that's the thing is if there's more of that and less of just like dumb penalties and they're always going to be some of the ones where right. kind of gets mixes it up. Okay. I mean, there's a time where, you know, that's where, you know, a coach like John Tortorella doesn't mind a guy like that. Yeah, that that is the big concern, right? Because you look at his penalty minutes, 102 mm-hmm. penalty minutes this past season. Uh, that's That's a lot. A lot. No question. But he puts up the points too, right? So it's like, all right, well, you know, no. he won't get 102 in college. They won't, right. allow, you know, they won't allow that. So they'll, like I said, this is where having him go to North Dakota will really right. harness the best out of him. Right. It seems like the discipline of of college hockey is something that could shape that and yes. keep him away from from those, yeah. you know, egregious penalties that he seems to be known for as an example like if you bring up d'angelo he went to sarnia they didn't really harness that part so he always was kind of like extra feisty and had issues as far as like what you see now a lot of it you saw then i think when you go to college you're not going to last in college that way you just won't these college coaches will not put up with it based on what i've i've read about him and and looking at some highlights it seems to me like he's a middle pair defenseman at best yeah i mean a middle pair guy or you know even a bottom pair where he's going to play power play but a middle pair is about right because uh if you want to get the most out of them that's where that physical edge could really help a team yeah i i think that sounds about right um yeah i think you know Every time we go through some of these prospects, like the fact that the Flyers don't have a second round pick is getting more and more frustrating. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I don't bring up these guys because I want to keep emphasizing it, but it's the guys that keep emphasizing it like, hey, this is why you're missing out on this. It's because you're missing out on potential players like this that could be very nice NHL players. That's why I feel like, you know, instead of seeing articles about, hey, the, the Flyers are going to move up in the draft, which is unrealistic, the article should be like, hey, try and get this second round pick back. That would be more advantageous than anything. Yeah, it's it's just, again, it's going to be a very difficult path to do that because there aren't going to be teams that want to give up those second round picks no, but this yeah, year. I, mean, I haven't looked at it, but I'm, I know there's some that have multiples. And that's what you have to do is find one that has a multiple. So, All right. Well, I think that, you know, if the Flyers are able to move up, Andrew Strathman is a really intriguing option. And uh, we'll see where 
you know, the, the rankings come out in the wash when everybody has their end of uh, year rankings leading into the draft. Uh, I certainly will be keeping an eye on where he winds up. In the meantime, uh, may the 4th be with you as we have a little fun and uh, try and align the Philadelphia Flyers with Star Wars characters coming up next. All right, Russ. So uh, I am a Star Wars fan. I don't know about you. I'm a fan and I've watched them all and, you know, I have... um a Star Wars um, logo on my Apple Watch, but I'm not like a super fan. So I have some thoughts on maybe four or five of them, and then I'll just kind of comment on the rest. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I you know, I, I tried to come up with some options for all the players, you but I it. think... No, no, let's, let's tell the truth. You overdid it, but that's okay. I don't I mind. did not overdo it. <laughs> all right. Well, honestly... The first player that I wanted to assign a Star Wars character to was Wade Allison because he is like a little bit out of control, but in like a fun way and in a mischievous way. So my two thoughts went in very different directions for Wade Allison. The first thought I had was Kylo Ren because he has a little bit of like a, you know, crash through everything Mm -hmm. and act first, think later kind of attitude and Kylo Ren thinks he's like the big man on campus, so to speak. But sometimes, you know, he's just flailing (laughs) out there. Um, And sometimes his like brain outthinks his body. Right. Yeah. And so that's was there. But then I also thought about the adorable side of that. And that's Grogu. Right. Who like gets into trouble and, but is still like kind of adorable in in how he does it and so th- those were my two thoughts on wade allison i think the kylo ren fits for him um i was thinking more carter hart and grogu because like oh yeah you know i just think uh the youthfulness and like grogu doesn't always know uh when to use his superpowers and i think that's the same of carter hart sometimes he uh you know doesn't know when to uh really just sort of turn it up He's always sort of at the same thing all the time, which is good. It's good to be a goalie, but he does have another level sometimes. And and I think he sometimes forgets that or doesn't want to always put that on display. But I think the youthfulness is really where I think Carter Hart and Grogu. Yeah, I went with the Mandalorian for Carter Hart. Just a, I got a little literal with the mask, but also uh, I think that some of those qualities, like just good at heart, wants to do the right thing, cares about people isn't going to put people down, um, seeks allies. Is he going to swim in the water with his goalie <laughs> gear on? Well, I don't know about that. But I think in terms of you know, attitude too. and, well, frozen water. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, and then the other one that came to mind right away for me was Nick Delorier as Boba Fett. Yeah, I think that's because. Cool. Yeah, I think it's pretty spot on because he's the bounty hunter, right? <laughs> For- yeah, it's, it's it's perfect casting. He is the bounty hunter. Uh, you know, can you trust him in the sense that if you trade Nick Delorier, that he's going to come back and not punch you in the face because he was a flyer? No, no, he still will do it. Absolutely. And then I was, I think I was probably trying to get a little too cute with it, but 
Uh, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense with the the Travi, Travis Sanheim, and Travis Konechny. That's C three PO and R two D two for me. I don't know. I I could see him being more R two, but I'm telling you, I'm going R two D two with Risto because we don't mm. ever hear from Risto, and you don't hear anything but you know beep up boop up up from R two. Um, so I think I think Risto kind of speaks his own language, like like R2. And then for whatever reason, I had Morgan Frost as C3PO because, mm. you know, he is pretty cerebral and like he even does well on those games that they show up on the screen, you know, the, the trivia games and such. And, and he's just a bright guy. We know that C3PO is sometimes too bright for his own good. And maybe Frost at times is, you know, has too much skill for his own good. So, you know. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. I think you know, one of the other characters that I love from the newer movies or the, the sequels is Poe Dameron. And I just really thought that Joel Farabee matched up with that because, again, you know, works hard, nice guy, wants to do the right thing, but gets into trouble sometimes and is suddenly inexplicably in a fight. <laughs> and I feel like that matches up with I Poe. like that. That does match up. Yeah. And then, you know, as far as like the kind of wizened characters of Star Wars, um, of course, like Cam Atkinson and Sean Couturier and, and JVR are like the older, wiser right. players, so to speak. And I tried to figure out what made sense for them. And I it was hard, but I felt like Cam Atkinson was Qui-Gon. OK, he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the, the height for that, but OK. Yeah, he's just like part of the system and is a little bit older school as like the Jedi were at that time with right. Qui-Gon. And so that's where I felt like that came into play. And then Sean Couturier was Obi-Wan to me because I was also trying to think about like Noah Cates being a similar style, style player as Luke Skywalker, but having a little bit more of like youthful edge to him. I, I kind of look at Lawton like Obi-Wan. Uh, yeah, I could see that, but Lawton also has that murder face going, so True. that's that's why Obi Wan killed the too, as you know. So right, and and Sean Couturier doesn't, you know, shy away from no, that sort of thing. Fair. I, I could live with either one. Yeah, and so I, I just felt like, and also Obi Wan disappeared for a while, as did Sean Couturier. <laughs> that's true. So I, I was thinking about that as well. And then I thought that Owen Tippett would make a good Han Solo. Yeah, I think so. I think that's good casting. Yeah. And then um, I was trying to figure out Tony D'Angelo. And the only thing I could come up with was the Sarlacc pit. That's good. I like that one. Um, for Justin Braun, I would put General Akbar. Because, ah, yeah, you know, because he was always like in it, but he was never like a key guy. But once in a while, they went to Akbar for something, you know, and, and he would help out. Yeah. And uh, I think that um, Cam York is uh, a good Finn. Yeah, I could see that. So that that is kind of where I was at with the, my Star Wars character. I mean, I think Darth Maul is John Tortorella, honestly. Well, I <laughs> The problem I have with that is that Darth Maul is such a physical character that has amazing dexterity and 
precision and sure. John, well, while John Tortorella can but then he's do the that. emperor then if you want to put him as the emperor that's fine yes I think that works a lot better okay I can live with um that. yeah or like a general Hux mm-hmm. kind of character okay something along those lines because you know Darth Maul also doesn't talk so true although sometimes Tom doesn't either well that is fair all right. Uh, if you all out there think we got it right, we got it wrong, you have some ideas of your own, please feel free to share them with us. We would love to hear your uh, May the 4th flyers as Star Wars characters. If this wasn't assignment. absurd enough for you at all, at all then sure, keep commenting. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That will do it for today's show. Uh, Every day is tomorrow on the show. We're going to dig into our draft lottery memories, whether it's flyers related or just huge things that happened during the broadcasts. And um, we'll we'll get into that. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great May the 4th, everyone.